welcome to the Overtly Consciousness Transforming Podcast for exceptional 21st century living. We've got an intuitive show today, but it's about the part of intuition that affects all of us and we don't even know it. And that's about being an empath. On some level, everybody's an empath. You know, you just might not be as aware of it as some other um, folks are. But we're going to be speaking with Wendy DeRosa and we're talking about her latest book and that is Becoming an Empowered Empath, How to Clear Energy, Set Boundaries and Embody Your Intuition. And folks, we all need this, especially now with all of this stuff going on in the world. Um, you need to be able to tune in so that you'll know where to be at the right time. Now, the information shared on Get Over It uses intuitive and pragmatic insight to help you shift your consciousness to break through blocks and release energy that is no longer needed. Yes, we're going to help you let go of the BS that's holding you back, but you guys know I always ask that question, are you truly ready to? And by the way, folks, BS is belief system. A bit about me for my new listeners, intuitive since birth. I'm a third generation intuitive with over three decades of experience supporting people to break through the blocks along their path. I'm a strategist for personal and professional transformation, revealing cutting edge information that enables you to prosper and thrive. I spent 25 successful years in corporate America, and I am an exec as an executive uh, sales professional. I don't want to go back to that. So please don't put the I am in front of it. And I am the founder of Healing Visions Ministries and the Northern California Children's Education Network, a 501c3 nonprofit. I provide consultations and healings in all areas of life that heal the mind-body-spirit connection, allowing you to live your very best life. My clients tell me that I keep it real while providing them accurate information to assist them along their journey as a spirit living a human existence. But they also say, if you really don't want to know, don't ask Monique. My background includes a doctorate in metaphysics, Reiki master teacher, ordained minister, and clinical hypnotherapist. So whether you're stressed, depressed, or possessed, I can help. To find out more about me and my services, go to my website, that's moniquechapman.com, and I invite you to like me on Facebook and follow me on Twitter and LinkedIn. My guest today, Wendy DeRosa, is an international intuitive energy healer, speaker, and teacher. For over two decades, she has offered education and training programs for spiritual and personal growth, empowering thousands of empaths to joyfully experience their gifts. She's the founder of the School of Intuitive Studies, and she lives in uh, Colorado. And you can check her out at either one of her websites. First one is windyderosa.com. That's W-E-N-D-Y-D-E-R-O-S-A.com. And the second one, schoolofintuitivestudies.com. All one word, schoolofintuitivestudies.com. Welcome, Wendy. Thank you so much, Monique. I love hearing about you in that opening. That was, that was so great. Yeah, now you know me. <laughs> oh, oh, my goodness. Um, how, um, how's the book doing? I mean, it, folks, this book is a wonderful book. She has many exercises in it. She talks about different aspects that we're going to cover today. How is the book being received? Well, it, it, it's it, life. People say it's life changing. Why didn't I pick this up sooner? I've never heard this said before in this way. Wow, there's deeper awarenesses, or you spoke directly to my experience. It might, you know, what my experience uh -huh. is. So it's been getting some pretty positive, incredible feedback. Um, and it's, you know, it's applicable through the meditations, you know, exactly. it's, it's experiential yeah. and it's educational. 
Yeah. Well, you know, as you were talking about um, those adjectives describing your book, those are the same words that I came up with with when I was reading the book, I was like, oh my goodness, you know, and oh my goodness again and again, and you can receive a message a thousand different ways. And then there's that thousand and one that comes in and you're like, aha. So for Mm -hmm. folks who don't really understand the empathic part of intuition, and you really want to dig deep into it without, you know, hurting your brain, this book, (laughs) Becoming an Empowered Empath, does help. Um, So Wendy, let's just make sure that we're all on the same page, okay? What do you consider an empath? So an empath, I consider an empath someone who feels the energy of other people, whether that's interpersonally, like in front of, you know, being in in proximity or in relationship with another person, or whether it's the collective, Mm -hmm. or whether it's walking into a room and feeling the energy around us. Um, there's a difference. I mean, what a lot of times people will say I'm an empath, therefore I take on the energy of others. And so much of my book differentiates that the empath actually feels the energy Uh being overly empathic is that is, is the experience of taking on the energy. Oh, um, interesting that you say that because, um, yeah, you do feel the energy and then it's almost like a subconscious choice on some level that you decide to take on because maybe you want to heal the person or heal the situation or, or not. Mm-hmm. Now, um, a lot of people awaken to their empathic abilities in really interesting ways. Talk to us about the nervous breakdown that was the door opening. Yeah. So I, yeah, I grew up in a, a big family, eight, I was the oldest girl of eight kids oh, wow. and yeah, and I had a lot of responsibility on me at a pretty young age and a lot of, um, I think I was, you know, I was pretty self, self-reliant in, in some ways. And I mm-hmm. was very empathic and very, very intuitive. And I didn't know that I didn't have that language back then. I just thought there was something wrong with me. And as I, a, you know, as I grew as a child, I, I gained a ton of weight as a child. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt everything. I absorbed it all. I had panic attacks. I had um, depression. And then I got to a point in my uh, late teenage years where I, I had a nervous breakdown and that's what I ca- you know, called it back then. I went to the mm-hmm. hospital. I was panic attacks, things like that. And it was all from overstimulation and energetic overwhelm, which ultimately fried my nervous system. Um, and I didn't have anybody, you know, giving me a, a, a modeling or a right. um, reference for mm-hmm. being sensitive or what I was experiencing. And then I, um, was recovering from that. And I ended up having an angel encounter in my, um, in my recovery where I was recovering in my dorm room from this breakdown that had happened. And I was thinking about, and I was living in Boston at the time and I was in college, my third semester. Uh And I was thinking about moving to Colorado and I had no, I know there was, this was pre-social media and actually pre-internet. So Uh I, all I had was magazines to see like pictures of mountains. And I thought that's where my heart's calling me. I want to get out of here and go Uh there, whatever, whatever that Uh meant. So I, I, my roommate and I were, 
um, discussing, you know, do I stay or leave? Do I forfeit tuition or do I, you know, stay and finish? And I was in this terrible state. And so we went for a walk to kind of talk it through. And I got down to Massachusetts Avenue and Newberry <laughs> Street. And there was a Tower Records on the corner. And I take a left and I head down Newberry Street. And there's a man standing on the side of the road with a uh, ukulele and uh, uh, wearing a red jacket. Uh-huh. And he says, can I sing you a song for some spare change? And we look at each other and we're like, no, that's okay. <laughs> and he says, no, Wendy, you need to hear a song. And so he calls oh. me by name uh-huh. and I look at him and he's got this glow around his head. And he says, my name is Arius and I'm going to sing you a song and don't worry about the change. And so wow. he sings this song, Home on the Range where the Buffalo Roam. Oh my goodness. One day you're going to get to Colorado. Uh-huh. And he says, Wendy, it's not your time to go yet. Hang in there a little bit longer, you're going to get there. And he gives me a kiss on the cheek and vanishes behind me. Like turned around. We literally look at each other and turn around and he's gone. He's gone. Oh my goodness. That must've freaked you out. Yeah. Well, I was, I was actually in a total state of shock. And in that moment there, I was on the street having this like divine transmission of healing. That's all (laughs) I can describe it as. Cause I was, I was filled with peace. Like uh-huh. the anxiety was gone. There was a healing. There was joy in my heart. Like it was like a, an incredible experience. And from that day onward, I mean, there's more to the story, but we don't have to, it's in my book. Yes. <laughs> but, it, <laughs> but it, from that point on, it's like, that's where, that was a big pivot and an opening to understanding um, that I, I had a gift as an intuitive. Mm-hmm. Is it truly a gift that I'm not, we all call it gifts, but is it truly a gift or is it that we're just awakening to who we are? Well, I think both. I okay. think that we are a gift. Yes. <laughs> and I think that the, um, the way that I describe it in the book is that so much of our intuition comes out of our central channel illuminating through the power centers of our body. And some people come into this world with really strong power centers. And by power centers, I mean chakras. Uh You know, you, you might be born, I might be born with really strong throat chakras. We're teachers, we're communicators, we're leaders, we're effect. I don't know this about you, but I'm just assuming, you know, <laughs> hey, like, that, <laughs> I, you know, you know, it's, it's, it's I don't know, musicians, singers, uh-huh. you know, like uh-huh. that concept, like some people are innately born with certain power centers and that mm-hmm. will then in turn be their form of intuition also. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people in, through our healing process, we might actually be blocked in certain power centers that just read needs healing and nurturing and transformation. And out of that, you know, a particular aspect of our intuition will emerge. Mm-hmm. Well, um, you talk about this extensively throughout the book, um, whether you're talking about grounding or, um, boundaries or the pillar of light. So let's cover the pillar of light a little bit. Um, well, actually, let's cover it all kind of lightly with the grounding, because I think people understand, or at least I hope people understand that are truly into, you know, this side of um, science that it's important to be grounded um, and set boundaries. But talk lightly about that. But I'd like for you to delve into the pillar of light with being in the living in the front of our body, the back of our body or in the center. 
Yeah, absolutely. So interesting grounding, um, as many probably know, it's that it's the earth, it's our earth connection. It's the connection of our human body to the natural state of the world, literally through the soles of our feet, touching earth. And um, that can be depicted energetically. I like to imagine the grounding cord from our hips and sometimes, all, well, not sometimes, but also from the soles of our feet uh-huh. deep into the earth and really allowing that awareness of energy that naturally will gravitate up towards our head or our heart actually evens out between upper body and lower body. And we become more um, expansive through our energy body and in, including embodying in the lower chakras, the lower half, basically ben- below the belt, which is an area we typically will unconsciously escape from, yes. not because we want to, but because there's oftentimes things there in the lower chakras that will uh-huh. push our energy out based on our human experience. But grounding is interesting also because it actually means in it's down it's the downward force but it's actually the inward force which brings up this concept of the central channel um we have this pillar of light or central channel in our body and it's a it's a meridian it runs in front of the spine it's also called the shashumna nadi um it's been known as a the conception vessel we've had different names for it in different um different method different oh, philosophies cultures, cultures uh-huh. and philosophies so um, it's the center of our soul in, I will say, communion with the divine. It's uh-huh. the universal consciousness and the personal consciousness commingling in the central, central channel of our body. By survival and default, we typically energetically move to the periphery of our body. And we oftentimes move forward. We live forward in our energy system which is so much about our ego consciousness in the front side Uh of our body. So we, and and that's not negative. I mean, that's how we show up in the world. It's how we engage and interact and have attachments and give and receive. And all of that is front body, but we have a back body and a backside of our chakras. And that's where we lean back into the waterfall of grace. That's where we receive from the divine Uh And when we are typically in the front body for empaths in particular, there's a lot of giving and receiving and energetic merging and transference that can happen in the world. But if we engage our back body and lean back into our back body, then we have this opportunity to source ourselves to connect to our spirit. And what that does is really open up the center. And oftentimes with empaths, we might be just living in the front body. I mean, not Uh just empaths, but people. And only because it's a default operating system mechanism, but the work may be, some of the work might be that we start to lean back and engage ourselves, and not abandon ourselves back there. And then, then that also increases consciousness in the center and central channel. The central channel also runs through the chakras and there's a lot to say about those, the chakras. Uh, And (laughs) And she explains explains it quite well in her book and she gives a lot of Mm -hmm. exercises um, throughout the book that are easy to do, not really time consuming. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but folks, you know, if you're going to um, learn to be different than what you are today, it's important to invest time in yourself because investing time in yourself is like investing money in yourself. So, and plus, if you need money, pay attention to your intuition. That will definitely <laughs> um, help you uh, get a, a stronger foothold. Um, in the book, you talked about something that I heard a, a time or two, but it's not really wildly promoted, and that is the root chakra of the family of origin. Talk to us about that. Yeah, so it's like the unassuming chakra that kind of operates our whole system. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's at the base of the body. It's our first chakra, our root chakra, the tailbone region of the body, and it's it really relates to our sense of safety and survival and our belonging and our bonding and attachment, which basically means this is the power center that forms a lot of our subconscious beliefs, our subconscious operating systems and how we're gonna survive in the world, in our family of origin, but also our systems. So that might mean our family system, our maybe our religious system, maybe our cultural system, maybe our um, the, the system of our country or our town or whatever we might belong in. And all the the unspoken, agreed upon, we'll say code of codes that we might live by, that uh-huh. we internalize and absorb and and identify with, I mean, eventually later in life. Um and we internalize them and we live by them sort of subconsciously and it starts to form our structure and how we're going to feel safe or not, uh-huh. feel a sense of belonging or not, and bond and attach here on this earth. So it really governs so much of our subconscious operating system in the root chakra. Okay. And um, as you heal the root chakra, does the healing necessarily move up to the second chakra, third chakra, et cetera, as you heal? Or do we need to spend time with each chakra? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, Yes, and everybody is different. So it may be that we do healing in the root chakra and it does ripple through in a good way mm-hmm. to the other power centers of the body because they do they do work together the chakras you know they'll compensate for a, 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 one chakra will compensate for a closed chakra so one might be closed the other one might be too open for a compensation just mm-hmm. as an example in this case it may be also that yes there's healing in a good way to the to the next chakras there also might be the need to go into the um the next chakra and i'll just give an example you know we're in such a time in the world right now of um what i might call healing of the feminine whether uh-huh. whether it's not gender it's not you know no matter the gender of an individual it's it's everything in terms of the feminine it has to do with suppression and oppression uh-huh. it has to do with um you know, sexuality and gender. It has to do with um, emotions and it has to do with our ability to um, to own our emotions and to take responsibility. 
And it's sitting on top of the root chakra, which is so much about culture. And it's about our systems that we're raised in that. And it's about race. It's about our family, our, our, what we might've marinated in on that, um, family systems level, or even a religious level. And Mm -hmm. a lot of these systems are crumbling in our lives right now need to be there's upheaval, there's dismantling of systems. And in that we might work with that on a personal level in the root chakra. Mm -hmm. But then in the second chakra, we might have feelings about that. So we might work with the concepts of it and the understanding and the belief systems that we absorbed in the root, but the second chakra is going to say, I need to, I need to own that I've, I've been, I feel shame because Uh I've been shamed, or I need to own that I have rage about this, Uh or I have some, you know, a feeling about it. So that's one way in which, yes, they work together, but we also might need to tend to them individually. Okay. So we're working ourselves, we're tending to them individually, and then all of a sudden we just like hit this wall. Okay. And Mm -hmm. this wall is telling us that, you know, no, you're, you know, all those negative tapes, you're not worthy, you're this, you're that, you're other, the other. How do you get past that? Because we, everyone has had a certain level of conditioning, if you will, Mm -hmm. um, from childhood until where they're at right now. So how do you get rid of that negative conditioning that has just like stayed with us. So sometimes we internalize it and believe and believe it. Yeah. So here's how I would do it. I would talk to it and I would say, Oh, thank you. You are doing your job. Your job is to remind me of what I marinated in as a child in my root chakra. Your job is to tell me that I believed at some point I was taught to believe that I wasn't good enough. I was taught to believe that I'll never make it. I was taught to believe that I'm set up for failure. Uh, That's everything I marinated in and I get it. That's in my root chakra. That's in my second chakra. Thank you for reminding me. That is not what I believe anymore. I am going to breathe into that. I'm going to exhale and release that energy down my grounding cord. You just gave me a marker and an awareness that it's there. Now I'm going to breathe into it. I'm going to exhale down my grounding cord and release any subconscious fears, any beliefs that I'm holding that I needed to see, because that is not my truth anymore. Okay. That's how I would work with it. Okay. So we just keep repeating that until we truly are ready to release it repeat it but breathe into it Uh, and feel it in the root chakra particularly feel it lower in the body because it's energy stored that monkey mind Uh or victimizer but there's all different names for it inner critic whatever the name is that's it has a job its job is to remind us what we're sitting in in our root chakras so then once yeah and when it does it that's a good indicator to say, oh, this is old and it's sitting in the basement of my body. I am going to breathe into it. I'm going to open up the trap door and dump it down my grounding cord, or I'm going to dis- you know, let it go and mm-hmm. it doesn't serve me anymore. I put a vacuum cleaner hose up there and just yeah. suck it away. Fire hose, whatever let you want to get. Yeah, let it yeah. Go. Now in the book, you talk about how fear and lack can block your impact 
telepathic intuition. How can that happen? I mean, if we have the energy already, and I'm being facetious because I understand, but if we have the energy already, how can fear and lack just like shut it off? Yeah. So if we have, if we have the consciousness of fear and lack, is that what you're saying? If we have, mm-hmm. if it, yes, because I mean, today, you know, today's world that you, you turn on the news, which I recommend doing very sparingly. I mean, you're hearing mm-hmm. about people being shot, no food, mm-hmm. no this, no that, the virus, the this. I mean, there's nothing positive out there. So it's, it sends one into a downward spiral, or at least most people. Yeah. We can't release lack because lack is what means there's nothing there. It means that something's missing and fear can have that same consciousness in the body um, where it, where essentially it, if it, both in this case, what I talk about in the book is that fear and lack oftentimes need something. It means we didn't get something that we are deeply needing. And this might be, I'm saying personally speaking, as opposed to the collective example you gave, which I'll circle back to, but the, 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 in this case here in the root chakra consciousness is I lack, when we have lack, we operate from fear. We, Uh when there isn't something, um, if I'm lacking something, my nervous system is going to have a response of panic. I don't know what to do. I don't, I don't have this. I can't get it. I've then you know, we might spin out or cycle from there. Mm-hmm. What we need when there is lack is, and lack is a power, lack is an experience of the root chakra. It's this feeling of there wasn't enough on the affection level, maybe on the sustenance level, maybe on the survival level for me to feel safe and secure. Mm-hmm. So the work becomes, how do I need to feel, what do I need to feel safe insecure and to to give to myself to create abundance not through something outside myself right now but just this awareness of i'm breathing love into my root chakra i'm allowing myself to receive myself here probably uh you know and if we were going from a self care level we might say okay if i wanted to not engage in the fear of what's going on out there for my own well-being, I'm gonna, I'm going to the act of self-love is I'm gonna give to myself an alternative. I'm gonna give to myself some form of self-care. Mm-hmm. But the other issue here is the systemic issue, which is that collectively, I mean, we have just massive, massive root chakra dysfunction historically uh-huh. in the history of our time. I mean, we we need to uncover the the systems of oppression and the systems of dysfunction that are going on currently in our in our our world it's it's part of you know it's part of our work my, i mean i'll say it from a personal perspective but specifically as a white woman uh-huh. it's part of my responsibility to get underneath my part in that and to take responsibility in how I might have, I might be um, allowing the dysfunction, which means I'm not dropped fully into my root chakra, uh-huh. fully and completely. I'm somewhat sitting above it. I'm giving an analogy here, somewhat uh-huh. sitting above it and not dropped fully into the power of, oh, I I have to take responsibility. I have 
a part in the, the dismantling that needs mm-hmm. to be happening in order for us to come to another level of consciousness as, as a human, as a human species on this planet earth that also mm-hmm. needs our love, care, and attention. Mm-hmm. Meaning, yeah, I could go oh. down a hole here. So go that way. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting. You said, you know, you have to do your part as a white woman to do this, but I think as a black woman, I have a part to do too. And that's mm-hmm. to uh, release, erase, let go of any, um, feelings, the feelings that were were brought up, you know, during those times. I mean, I'm, you know, close to 70. And, you know, I lived a lot of the, you know, 50s, 60s, where, you know, things weren't good um, Mm -hmm. for Black people. And plus, I grew up in Gilderland, New York, which is, you know, pure white bread America. And that was a lot of fun, let me tell you, (laughs) again, being facetious. So I think it goes both ways. And for the people out there who says, well, I wasn't born then, I didn't do anything. It's a consciousness thing that we're talking about. We're not talking about, you know, I was back there in 1843 and did whatever. It's erasing the consciousness so that we can elevate. Yeah, we talk about this oftentimes in my classes with my students in the School of Intuitive Studies about it is it's all of our work. Mm-hmm. You know, we all we all have our we all have a piece in how we from a healing perspective and what we might heal is we're trans within ourselves as we we are part of this consciousness evolution. Mm-hmm. And yeah. at the very least, we can be aware. And if you choose not to heal it, you choose not to heal it. And that's just the way it mm-hmm. goes. Um, mm-hmm. Wendy, when we go to your website, um, wendyderosa.com and the school of intuitive studies.com, what are we going to find there? And I want you to tell us about the um, program that you're in the middle of right now. And then um, what's coming up later on. Yeah, I feel like I'm always in the middle of a program. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a good thing. That means you're busy. (laughs) So in the School of Intuitive Studies, we provide provide teachings, education on intuitive development, energy healing, personal transformation, and spiritual growth. We we have a School of Intuitive Studies membership that's actually opening up in December this month that I'm very excited about. So those are monthly classes that we offer. It's a, it's a one very small membership price for the entire year. And it's packed with, with classes and teachings each month um, that we offer. And I also have my books um, and this book, Becoming an Empowered Empath. I'm often teaching for the, you know, for different platforms and within the school, I run an intuitive healer training program where I certify and train healers. Also, all of that information is on my website, School of Intuitive Studies and also wendyderosa.com. Yeah. And when you go there, you're going to see her beautiful face and she um, has, you know, a lot of information on both sides. That's not repetition um, that you can really kind of like dig your teeth into. And, you know, if you're are at all inspired, go to um, the School of Intuitive Studies and check out the blog. Uh, She has a lot of information out there um, and it's definitely going to help you tremendously. Um, Wendy, our time is almost up, but what pearl of wisdom would you like to leave with the audience today? The last piece is just your intuition, is to follow your intuition, trust your intuition, and that empaths have very strong felt sense intuition. It's a clairsentient sense. It's they, the powers that they 
feel energy. And as we heal and heal our lower chakras and embody more deeply there, we hold stronger boundaries Mm -hmm. so that we can feel from a sense of presence and empowerment rather than overwhelm. Mm, love that. Absolutely love that. Well, Wendy, thank you so much for being with us today as we collectively get over it and explore our um, empathic intuition. Folks, the book is Becoming an Empowered Empath, How to Clear Energy, Set Boundaries, and Embody Your Intuition. And she explains it all very succinctly. So if you've been struggling with any of these concepts, get the book, read the book. It's an easy read. Um, you can breeze through it. It's almost like turning page of a, a novel that has you engrossed. It's just under 190 pages, um, chock full of information. And if you're on the beginning of your path, excellent book to start with, okay? Because she covers it all. So treat yourself, okay? And during this holiday season, treat yourself. Maybe you want to treat someone else and work on it in a tag team atmosphere. But now is the time to embody who are. And I want everyone to remember that the most important choice that they can make is what they choose to make important. And consider making the masterful choice of empowering your empathic abilities. But the blessings lighten up the awe. Bye-bye.